This is Entheogen, three human beings discussing generating the divine within while still being human beings. In this episode, recorded on April 20th, 2015, we discuss enduring personality changes from entheogens. April 20th, is this, uh, is there some kind of holiday today? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. This is a special day to some people. I actually can't remember anything. <laughs> it's what? like if April 20th, it's the fourth month. Yeah, four, uh, I forget. 420, four, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyhow, um, this is a very special episode of uh, Entheogen. Uh, Kevin has a special guest there in the studio with him. Yeah, I am uh, happy to introduce uh, Ingo, who's uh, a, a longtime friend uh, who was a, an accidental uh, roommate and uh, has been uh, an ongoing burner. Was it four burns? Four burns in a, in a row, and, uh, and he's uh, affectionately known as the douche marshal. And, uh, <laughs> and he's, he's here to uh, share some of his wisdom with us. Hey, guys. Thanks, thanks Ingo, for coming on. Thanks, man. Guys, great. Uh, great you guys having me. And uh, just a little footnote to the 420th of April, uh, me being German, it's also like Adolf Hitler's birthday. <laughs> ah, I knew there was something. That's right. <laughs> we had to start there, didn't we? Uh, by the way, I didn't, I didn't properly introduce Ingo in the sense that he's also, uh, apart from those things, uh, he's, uh, he's German and he's, uh, he's a writer and, uh, and a big Adolf Hitler fan, apparently. Did you guys get a cake? <laughs> I, I once I once like made a keg while I was going to grad school in Texas. I was living with a Mexican <laughs> Jew at the time. And I don't know if you guys know that story, but I we baked like two like Linzer Torten. This is like that's like a special cake from like the city Adolf Hitler's from. And, <laughs> and, and we had like two cakes, and the one was like with 117, which was the age that he uh, you know would have had at the time. <laughs> and, and the other one was like with a Mariana leaf because my Jewish friend was a massive smoker. <laughs> with the, with the, the peace and love cake. And I don't know if Adolf Hitler was for peace or love, but we thought it was great. <laughs> with that. Yeah, jumping right in. This is good. So Ingo brought up, uh, you brought up a very interesting uh, topic um, that you'd like to discuss and, and you wanted to come on and, and sort of, uh, I guess, you know, ask us what we think about this. And the approach was, um, you know, you, you feel, I guess you've said you felt that uh, you've had some enduring personality changes or just some personality changes in general that you have uh, entheogens to, to thank for uh, in, in your life. And uh, you were sort of wondering, you know, how would our response to, uh, to psychedelics and entheogens has been over the last years and, and whether we can attribute any personality changes to, uh, to our use of these substances. Um, but first, I'm curious if you could just sort of uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, the before, the before uh, psychedelic Ingo and the after psychedelics Ingo. Oh, um, okay. Like I, I have to like just like I, I started doing drugs as a result of my living with Kevin uh, like seven years ago, eight years ago in 2008. Like we, uh, yeah, we became accidental roommates. And he actually is a leading psychedelicist of Sevilla. He introduced me to uh, LSD, MDMA and other like fantastic uh, anthrogens. And I had my first trips with him. And I, I truly do believe that like over those last seven years as a result of my um, of those experiments, of those experiences, and also of like visiting Burning Man, that this was like profoundly like changed who I am, how I perceive myself, and mostly how I perceive others. And um, before I ask you guys, like, what do you think? Maybe I okay, I'll try to describe, like, like answer to your question. Um, I think I was much less aware of of who I am, of um, like where 
I think I was much more imprisoned, like in myself, like um, just just not sure who I was, and and yeah, just and, and I don't think I, I think if you don't know who you are, it's very hard to understand other people too. So I was much less like emphatic, like uh, towards other people. And I was just like much more isolated, and I, I think that really like like sharing like those experiences with other people and like learning to open up, and uh, and then going to Burning Man and like having like big like group experiences and like seeing that I was not alone and I was not isolated like this is what you call con- like connect connectiveness or like connectivity, mm-hmm. and that was I think this was a very very interesting experience for me, and and I've just wondered like that you guys that like you've been experiencing with this stuff like much longer than than I have. Um, I just want to like if you can put your finger also on like some of this stuff or if you have similar experience or like different ones. Yeah, that, that's that's my question. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with everything you just said. And, and you know, in, in my experience, it's been a very similar kind of transformation that I also feel like I owe uh, to uh, my use of uh, entheogens over the years. Uh, but we've also talked about this on the show and how hard it is to separate, um, you know, basic uh, sort of just maturing uh, as a person. Uh, you know, versus doing so in the context of our of our you know psychedelic use, uh, and and how can we attribute psychedelic use necessarily to to our growth as a person? Um, you know, while I I think that I I would certainly attribute it to to that, uh, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how I can sort of uh, you know pinpoint um, exactly how it's it's uh, it's changed me. Um, but I'm I'm curious if if you've thought about that as a you know relatively recent uh, psychedelicist yourself. Um, why would you say that it has changed your personality? I mean, usually like in psychology, they say like your personality doesn't like significantly change like once you reach the age of 30. And I'm started like doing this when I was like 27. And I would say that like I've never in my life I've changed as a person so like fast and radically as I've changed in the last seven years. And I've come to be like so much more happier with who I am and I've just accepted who I am so much more. And like, it's not only that I accept it to myself, I can transport it like to other people and like being like really like proud of who I am and how I am. And I think that's like, this This was, yeah, that's, I think that was really, really, really important uh, to me. I don't know, maybe, I mean, Kevin, he knew, like he, he like he knew me back in the day. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe he has experienced like any, you know, from outside, maybe he's a different view on it. That's, yeah, that's, no, I know. Um, while I'm listening to uh, Ingo tell the story, I'm 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 just like reflect, reflecting on my own personal experiences, and I can uh, with him, and I can tell you emphatically that he has changed changed uh, dramatically. And I, and I think it's cool that he cited uh, the Burning Man experiences because I think for me it was like the moments where I saw like uh, this kind of great uh, change in him, and that's obviously like the Burning Man experience. Which is probably on par with a psychedelic experience in and of itself, and uh, it com- combined with with uh, those those other experiences, but uh, it's almost like changing from being a kind of a more mathematical or genetic result of your of your childhood, of your parents, of every, everything that uh, that is kind of programmed into you and built into you, and it's kind of uh, I don't know, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of an awakening is how I would uh, d- describe it personally. And it's what I've seen in Faringo and it's what I've seen in, in myself. It's, it's almost like uh, being aware of the the film that's playing in your mind, but also being able to step back and see that that's a film and that there's like an, another another part of you that's that's uh, has nothing to do with that. 
And uh, so I took a very yoga sort of concept too, I guess. And uh, I think that's, I don't know, I would describe it that way. It's kind of a, an awakening, a self-awareness thing that's, you know, maybe it's not, the antigen is not completely responsible for it. Maturity is there, but uh, it's definitely a vehicle. So how would you say that this awakening would come to be? Does it, does it happen in the sort of acute experience of being on a psychedelic or does it sort of come in the reflective period in the days following or just kind of, you know, the momentum just sort of builds over, over the years of, of doing it? Yes, definitely both, right? You know, there are definitely realizations that you have when you're when you're having these experiences and 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 then subsequent to that always, you know, forever and always can you reflect back on it and consider, you know, how it, that felt then and you know, maybe how that compares to how you're feeling now and and just every day you get an opportunity to re- recontextualize those experiences and like listening to, to Ingo talk about, you know, his introduction to LSD or some other things. Like I, I was 17, 16 when I first started, you know, and for me, it wasn't necessarily like a sign of maturity. It wasn't me at a point in my life where I'm, you know, my personality is getting fixed. I was, you know, at least in high school, smoking pot and, you know, amongst other things that I was doing, partying, uh, it, it was kind of an escape, you know, it was at first at that age, it was kind of the opposite. It wasn't necessarily me becoming who I am and, and, and like really discovering that it's, it's more like, all right, he, I didn't have a, a bad life growing up, but like whether it was just family things or just the stress of being a kid or perceived stress of being a kid, I really enjoyed, you know, like partying and getting high with my friends. And it wasn't until much later in my life that like I've sort of had, like damn near a couple decades <laughs> to, uh, to, to, to think of how certain experiences of psychedelics um, and how I, how I felt about them then and how I feel about them now. And, and I, you know, maybe Joe, to partially answer your question to Ingo before, like, how do you, how do you parse that? Right. How do you parse becoming a mature person and, and like discovering your personality versus the experiences and my experiences, even when I was much, much younger, there was still uh, an openness. There was definitely a connection. It was always a very social thing for me, and that was always a very, very positive. So, like, that's been a kind of a constant, you know, that, that element of it. But then the more, for me at least, it's only just been with certain things in my life in the past few years that I feel like through drinking ayahuasca, definitely going to Burning Man and, like, meeting people who – really inspire me and, and challenge me and, you know, still with this thread of openness and connectivity and, and, uh, just having a really, really fun time together. I mean, when I, when Kevin asked me, like, if I could think of a topic for today, um, I, I just remember that I had read this article maybe like a year or two ago about, um, this, uh, Roland Griffith, uh, this, uh, guy from Johns Hopkins who's, uh, um, working on like psilocybin and the effects on people like, uh, you guys talked about him, uh, in, I think the, the trip treatment, uh, podcast mm-hmm. and, uh, he like published a, an article like a couple of years ago and it like, he gave psilocybin to like 50 people and more than half of those people like showed a significance like and like measurable um uh, like higher level of of what in psychology they call openness so, like it's, it's like this typical like five traits um how you like describe a personality and this is one thing which is only one thing that changed and um like openness and this is described like everything that's like um 
Well, the five traits are openness, uh, conscientiousness, extraversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Okay, my, my Latin sucks. Um, but yeah, like, like the openness to experience is like the appreciation for art, emotion, adventure, unusual ideas, curiosity, and variety of experience. And um, this is like this change for like 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 sixty percent of the participants. Like this this like change like like over a year, like over a year later after that, like once taken psilocybin, and they still could measure like a higher, much higher level of openness. And I think it's just fascinating. That's why I that's why I like chose this topic to to talk about. And I think there's actually there's like. Yeah, there's like like scientific evidence that like you that you change like doing this, and I just wonder like where it comes from. If there's also like maybe maybe like like actual like like physical change in your brain that has like certain rewiring going on, or yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? We, the, we the third it. eye, the third eye opening, you know? That's yeah, yeah the third eye <laughs> opening, or the or the snow the snow globe being shook as a <laughs> before. But I also it's it's almost like uh, those like. The opposite of being open and being, you know, closed-minded in a sense, I, I, at least in my opinion, seems to be always born out of fear or insecurity. And it seems like the psychedelic experience, uh, even though you could have uh, moments of fear or anything, kind of the the general overwhelming uh, majority uh, kind of kind of confront kind of kind of confronts fear or and I guess get a get kind of a wider understanding of things around them, and then it's kind of lets that uh, insecurity uh, abate in a sense. And uh, so, and I guess that's, you know, that characteristic is also why in the trip treatment uh, article and episode, uh, we mentioned that uh, this is kind of like one of the reasons why they are experimenting with terminally ill patients because they're able to kind of confront their death experience because they get kind of a wider understanding of it and the, the insecurity and the fear seem to seem to diminish so so perhaps that's that's the that's the reason yeah i mean you know uh, fear can be seen to be rooted in some kind of aversion to um you know losing control or um uh you know uh, sort of uh leaving your your ego vulnerable and uh you know in these experiences you can experience ego death whether you like it or not um you know whereas in a, in day to day experience we may avoid that at all costs we may you know, we may it, avoid that <laughs> <laughs> we may be driving a car and, and uh, not wish to uh <laughs> so you know we, we have these mechanisms built in that are kind of automatic that prevent us from from having this experience of like um you know of, of real vulnerability and uh some of these experiences uh, of uh, entheogens force us to uh, to to uh, to to be vulnerable and to have our you know to experience that that ego death um, and so it's kind of makes sense that once you come back from like a, a, a you know having that experience for the first time in your life perhaps um, you know that you would then be more open to allowing yourself to to feel more vulnerable or to you know to to go deeper and experience more things. Yeah, I think set and setting comes into play huge in that sense. Yeah, I'm thinking back to a conversation I had yesterday with. Uh, actually mutual friends of ours and we were talking about yesterday being bicycle day um even though today is a special day yesterday yeah to others yesterday was an even more special day um april 19th um so bicycle day being obviously the date that albert hoffman um was it when he actually rode his bike trip and ingested it on purpose or was it the invention date 
I think it was the date that he accidentally ingested it and sort of therefore yeah. discovered it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, he wanted to celebrate Adolf Hitler's birthday, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about this and how, like, I guess, so maybe it wasn't the day that he ac- accidentally ingested, but the first time that he purposefully ingested, we had talked about in a previous show how it's the equivalent of basically like doing five hits at once. And then another friend of ours was like, yeah, there was one time that I did like three hits and I thought I was going to die. And like, therefore, I very rarely do it or I do it maybe once a year because, you know, that it's sort of the other side of the like, maybe he did have like an, uh, an e- like a near ego death experience. But the set and setting wasn't appropriate, you know, for him to like be ready for that. And therefore, he's got kind of a cautiousness toward these things. Yeah, I can I can totally understand that. I mean, like after the bad trip that I spoke about in our bad trips episode, I like I mean I had done it enough times that I wasn't uh, afraid to do it again because I the, the majority of my experiences I mean all of my experiences except for one had been so positive uh but I have to admit like the first time afterwards I had like you know a momentary chill like woo you know like this could go wrong you know, it's like I can understand someone being a little bit cautious after that and you know think they might be I don't know playing with fire but this one is one thing I, I like. I, I thought about this today a little bit, and I thought like like also like doing this stuff makes you more responsible in like doing drugs because you have like any kind of drug like alcohol or whatever. It's just like you have to be precise. Like you should know how much you take, how much is good for you. You have to be informed, and in that way, you have to have like to develop a certain. You know, like like a certain responsible way of like you know like blowing your brains out and this might actually <laughs> this I think you can relate this to like other stuff in your life just like being meticulous about like preparing you know like not like getting completely wasted and just like you know the right way wasted and I think it's yeah it has to do like a lot of like learning how much you can take as a person like learning your limits and what is good for you. That's like another thing I think I like might have learned by like in this in this like seven year, eight year long uh, process. Hey Ingo, have you ever had what you would call refer to as a bad trip? Like I I in my memory in hanging out with you and our experiences, there, I think it was a couple years ago when when we all had our acid Monday and I've never seen you like that. <laughs> you were like I, barely I, able to I, speak so- and. But I wonder, from your perspective, was that a positive? Was that bad, difficult at the time? Like, how, how did that, or have there been other chances that, other times that you, you've felt that way? Well, there's many people that say when I, when I shut up for four hours, it's a good trip. Touche. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and they're not, in that respect, they're not completely wrong. This was a um, this was a great trip for me, even though I didn't speak for like a couple of hours. It felt by the way like a couple of years, um, but I was there was yeah I had a massive dose of LSD and um, and I was yeah I was I just didn't know who I was I didn't know where I was and but it felt good to be lost. Uh, I had I had a great guide and um, he helped me and he he showed me how to pee. Again, 
And, Very important. No, it's just, it was, I mean, this was probably like the most incredible like single trip that I've ever had. I was like, I, I think I was very close to what they call the ego death. I just didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know where, where I came from, like who I was, like the, like the whole like essence of my identity was, was lost. I just, I, I didn't know who my parents was. I had like those images in my head and I, it was, it was, it was really a very profound experience like of which I, you know, I thought about a lot after and I think that has profoundly like changed me. And I would even go as far and say that maybe that day I like lost a little bit of like fear about death and like the fear of like to disappear. Um, this I think yeah I could I can actually like point my finger and so like that day I like I woke up the next day in in April's arms and I was not um, she was pregnant and I was a different person. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually, there's like, uh, we've talked about that trip uh, a few times. Uh, and there's <laughs> one of the best comments of Ingo's was that uh, there was like, he was like listening to uh, the people around him speaking, uh, like speaking. And then like there was a moment that he realized that different languages existed. <laughs> it's, I didn't know they were languages. I just like, I just like, because like you know, I, I speak four languages. And so like there was like sp- Spanish, German and English spoken and I understand everything. And at some point it just took me some time to realize that this is not the same language. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, this sounds differently. No, nobody, not everybody seems to understand what this person is saying. It's just like, it's weird. Like, why would people do that to themselves? Speak in ways that other people don't understand. And I felt this is very unjust. And I'm understanding everything and the others are not. And I was like, there's something unjust. wrong with this planet. <laughs> This is this is one of the, um, the the greatest benefits I think of of psychedelic use in my experience. Um, just having having that um, it just I don't I don't know how you could really describe it, but it's it's having that experience that you, you almost you just really can't get uh, otherwise. Like um, where you can really see things that you uh, heretofore have taken for granted. You know, it like for example, um, I just remember like the first time I took ayahuasca. Uh, going through like a, uh, just a list of things as I discovered them, I would just kind of call them out. Um, it's like, a, just science, like just, the, just generally speaking, like, <laughs> you know, and then like the, just math, holy shit, you know, and just realizing like that we have these things that, that we, that these, that these tools exist and, and it's something that otherwise we kind of take advantage, take, uh, take for granted. Um, and just, but like, but really just profoundly realizing what they are in like a fundamental way that, you know, you can't really, you can't really get, um, you know, because you, you learn them. So, um, you, we learn most major things like this in such a slow way. Like we kind of just absorb them without realizing what's happening at the time until you started something snaps and, and you, and you have that tool maybe, uh, like language or, or math or whatever. Um, but we can't in our sort of adult brain, otherwise like realize something as fundamental as like the concept of math or uh the other one i kept calling out was uh, or i called out was um dinosaurs like i remember that dinosaurs were <laughs> once existed <laughs> it was, it was just like rediscovering this stuff you know and it's and it it kind of just gives you like the next time you you think about it or you learn about it you read about it um it puts it into a whole different like uh category or context in, in your mind i feel like when you're saying uh, that about yeah, math but, and science it reminded me of a 
the comedian Bill Hicks of a bit he did where he's describing the scene of him at a Cracker Barrel, like on a on a tour, like doing comedy shows and in sort of the back backwoods part of a uh, part of the country, and he's reading a book, and the the waitress comes up to him and instead of asking what are you reading, she says, "What you reading for?" I love that. Not what am I reading. What am I reading for? <laughs> I love that. Right, like, one of the main reasons must be so I don't become a fucking waffle waitress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. It was, exactly. I think it was like a, a waffle, waffle house. house. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, when you said that you were like quoting a quote a comedian, it was like, you know, going on what Joe was saying, I was thinking of uh, Louis C.K. Think, you know, saying that like everything's awesome and no one gives a shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just kind of talking about like how amazing like everything around us is from like airplanes to like cell phones to com- everything we have and it's all like fucking uh, unbelievably amazing and no one gives a shit <laughs> yeah kids get it we, we've joked yeah, about I, this before about how like kids are like always kind of tripping you know they have this sort of sense of awe and wonder and reverence to anything that's novel that that's just what i just say when like when uh when joe was just talking about like this childish uh like curiosity he was he was experiencing being on drug and i just thought that's something like you also can like take from from doing this um like when i deal with children i always like you know if you like better understand them i should think how you know when i'm tripping how would i look at this <laughs> you know, and like you can have like a very like di- I think you just like you know you're much more empathetic to like 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 to children like after like tri- I don't know I just I'm very comfortable around children for example like being much more yeah empathetic towards towards children like just like not forgetting how you were as a child and I think this is like very valuable to an adult like to knowing where you come from intellectually you know that you were not born as a as an adult person. It's like uh, reversing the Peter Pan. You know, it's uh, it, it reminds me of uh, Joe at the, tri- the trip we had like years back on the on the beach at night, and we wound up hanging out with uh, with my girlfriend at the time's younger brothers mm-hmm. early in the morning, and and uh, that was like it was just like I just remember like kind of reveling in like how cool they were, you know. I think I probably appreciated them like as much as possible, you know, at that at that time, and just thinking like, you know, just seeing things from their perspective and kind of being able to like relate to them a little bit more, and right. uh, I, and I think it's something I like like Ingo said. I just got you know, you're, I was able to empathize in a way I hadn't before, and uh, and it's something I think I've gotten out of like uh, kind of a lifetime of like working with younger people. And there's so much joy in like 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 in those in this like childish innocence, and I think like a lot of people could benefit from like living that like joy every once in a while, and like you know forget who they are and how important they think they are, and just like yeah, like be a child again. And if 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 like uh, antigens like help you like getting there again, then I think it's a personally like perfectly reason to to uh, yeah like do those exp- like yeah make those experiences. The other thing, like if you like going back to the to the topic of like enduring personality changes, um, there, um, what I want to say, <laughs> but I, there's also like another like enduring personality change. I forget all the time what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there are downsides, apparently. <laughs> are there any other things you've 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 uh, you can attribute to uh, bad trips? Well, I, I never really had a bad trip, and I, I that trip. I mean, I, I'm a very, 
I mean, you know, like you guys say that, like, like, like better lives, like good lives get like better, like through drugs and like, you know, shaky lives get destroyed. And I've always like, I'm, I'm a very positive person and I'm a very, and like my trips are usually very, very happy. And I never have like trips where I like, close my eyes and like, you know, like get lost in myself for six hours. I usually have like my like drug experience are very social, very joyful, like full of laughter. And this is the actually the only trip I've had which was not that way. And, um, but so I would say like mostly my experience that I, that, that, like the way I changed is like, you know, I've gotten like much more social and like, you know, socially aware of other people um, with the, ex- like, yeah, with like the exception of this, of this, of this one trip. Like what actually changed after that trip is, is hard to tell. Like the one thing I also took from that trip was like that I felt for the first time, I, I, I couldn't understand how like, like a real like lunatic you know, like actually feels like just like being lost in your head and just like not knowing, like not knowing, like just walking around in like a, in a round room with no doors. Hmm. And for like hours and hours, that's, I really, I, I, I think I got like, yeah, you get a certain, that's also what LSD I think was like, what they, yeah. I think you guys talked about this, like, like with Ralph, center yeah, doctors, yeah. like potential to, uh, initial uses to, to give I, the doctor some understanding of what their, their patients are going through. And I, I, I totally felt that, like, the day after, I was like, holy shit, man, that's, that's, I mean, that, like, like yes, like, psychologically ill people, like, must feel like there's, like, no way out, and you just don't know who you are, like, where you're from, and um, I think it was, like, like, just, like, meeting those boundaries, and I always felt, like, at that night, like, the, like, the, the core of my identity was, like, taken away from me for, like, six hours, and just knowing that, like, you have an instable identity that like it's not something like you were that is like naturally given to you You don't have a right to that it's like something you have to construct Mm -hmm. and you have to maintain and you have to defend and i think that was just a very valuable uh experience that like to see like how fragile you are or you you could become as a as a person that was Entheogen, three human beings discussing generating the divine within while still being human beings we've been discussing enduring personality changes Thanks to Entheogens with our special guest tonight, Ingo. Thanks for being here, Ingo. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. And make sure to check us out at entheogenshow.com as well as our Facebook page. Look for Entheogen Show on Facebook where we've got lots of great content.